we are live and five by five. Let me make sure I see us up here. We get cooking. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. All right. Revelation of Jesus Christ, part 12. We are moving along and very slow. I just think there's so, this book is so rich that we can't rush through it. There's so much. <clears throat> Revelation uh, 1, 8, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and was and is to come, the Almighty. And in verse 11 saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. When Moses was on the backside of the desert, you know, after he had, I, I say left all, he had killed the Egyptian and fled. He's way older now. I think he was probably 80. And he's content with the flocks that he's keeping on the backside. The, the self-confidence and arrogance of his youth is gone. God speaks to him from the bush about going back into Egypt. And Moses didn't have any desire for the mission. That's what I love about it. I mean, Moses stated every reason why he shouldn't go back. He didn't want to go back. You can't really blame him, but he, he, he has to return to his brothers, his family, Israel that's enslaved in English, in, in Egypt, not in English, and bring them out. And it's the greatest exodus of any people on the face of the earth. Moses asked the question, when they asked me, who sent me, who shall I say has sent me? I am that I am. Tell your brethren, I am that I am has sent you. Now that's a strange name. And we've talked about this before. I'm going to go into some depths here tonight. Because it's right here in this book of Revelation. The Alpha, the Omega, the First, the Last. This strange name I am that I am, yet the truth that's contained in those words brought the exodus. It brought freedom from slavery, formed them into a nation, led them into their own land called the promised land. And the Hebrew scholars will agree that 
the proper translation would be, I will become what I will become. Now, if you're like me, you've studied the names of God. We know all about all these names of God. We've, we've studied them before. But in the Old Testament, the principal revelation of God's name is the word Yahweh or I am. Now, this word is really three separate phrases joined together. It's three verb tenses uh, of the verb to be. And that is, I was, I am, I shall be. Put that together, you have Yahweh. It's, it's God's memorial name to all generations. It shows God's intimate relationship with all that is past, his, uh, his unchangeable existence in the now, his eternal connection with all that is in the future. God is pleased to become to his people what is best for them and what is needed at that time. I am that I am. This name is at once a revelation. And not only that, it's a promise. God was saying to Moses, whatever my people need for me to be, I will be. I will become what I will become. And in fulfillment of this promise, the name Yahweh became for them a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. He became the water from the rock. He became the bread from heaven, the manna. He became the, the, the miracle worker. He became the deliverer. He became the provider. He became the healer. He became the counselor. He became the lawgiver. He became the military leader. However, I will become what I will become is an in part outdated Old Testament revelation. In fact, it was a prophecy which is fully fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus was the Yahweh manifested in the flesh. Let me go back over here to John. It's amazing how much we're going to be in John. You'd think if you're going to study the book of Revelation, you'd be in Ezekiel or Daniel. And here we are in all these other scriptures. John 1.18, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath declared Him. That word declared there means He has revealed Him. He's revealed him. When God came in Jesus Christ, and I, you know when I say these things, God manifested in the flesh, and I can remember back to some of the arguments and some of the associations that we were in that, that and I don't want to make this clear, there's only one God, and maybe you'll see this a little bit more today, but I believe there's three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. 
because there's a doctrine out there of Jesus only. I don't know. You guys have, have probably heard of that. I'm not declaring that at all. But God was manifested. God was manifested in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when God came in the person of Jesus Christ, he didn't say, I will become what I will become. Because, you see, Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy. He is within himself all that God has promised to become. He's the promise. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I mean, he has to throw that in there, don't it? Bodily. I wonder what the spirit-only resurrectionists say to that. All, I mean, because Paul was talking about the risen Jesus Christ. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is alone sufficient. Fullness is in him. In him are summed up all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we were looked at that when we were doing Colossians, Colossians 2, 3. He's the sum and the substance of wisdom and knowledge. All power in heaven and on earth is given unto him. He is the righteousness of God. All the nature, love, glory of God are all expressed in the person of Jesus Christ, who is what? The express image of the Father. And John tells us all judgment is committed into the hands of God's Christ. All judgment was given unto him. He's the salvation of Yahweh in, in human flesh. He is the truth, the surety of Yahweh's promise. He's the majesty of Yahweh's power. He's the authority of Yahweh's throne. He's the compassion of Yahweh's heart. The legacy of God's will. In Christ, God has become all that he would become. When God came in Jesus Christ, he didn't speak as he spoke to Moses. He didn't, he didn't say, I will become Jesus didn't say I will become the way he said I am the way he didn't say I will become the truth he said I am it I am the I will I will not become the life I am the life I won't become the resurrection I am the resurrection I won't become the door I am the door I am the true bread that came down from heaven. I am the good shepherd. He is the I am, not I will become. See, it was different back then. I will become. And here he is stating the fulfillment of prophecy. I am. Now, here's a question. Of course, this happens a lot. What would you think of a preacher who every Sunday preached himself? This happens a lot. But any good student would... Get him another preacher. But yet Jesus did. He preached himself. Paul says we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yet Jesus preached himself. I mean, Jesus says, hey, I am the way. 
I am the truth and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me shall never die. He preached himself. Jesus, this one says, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine. You're the branches. I'm the door. He says, before Abraham was, I am. He preached himself. Only truly the firstborn son of God could preach himself. And when Jesus says, I am, he reveals within himself the very nature and power of God. God is. God is constant. He's eternal. Nothing that changes can be eternal. Everything that is eternal is unchangeable, unvarying, unaffected. The constancy of God's nature, that's eternity. When you know God as he is, you've touched eternity. I mean, that's what he said. This is the life of the ages, eternal to what? Know him, this intimate, towing, uh, this this, uh, intimate knowledge is eternal life, knowing Christ. When you've touched eternity, now I want to get into some things here, so you guys hang on. You've transcended time and space into a realm where you see time from the beginning to the end. You see all things as they really are where he is. Where it's, it's as he is, so are we. See, we say those things and the words that roll off our lips and it is truth. But do we see it? Do we see the reality of it? Do we experience the truth of these matters? And that's what we're talking about here in the revelation of Jesus Christ. That it becomes reality to us. This... Or the I am of Christ is the day of the Lord. You know, we've talked about this day of the Lord so many times. This, this is it. It's, it's the unveiling of himself and all that he is. That's what Jesus came into this world to demonstrate and to reveal. He's bringing us into union with himself in, in the I am. That's the sons of God. And I, I know and, and I can hear the critics say, wait a minute, we're already in Christ. We already have all those things. But it's just like in, in nature. Well, I mean, we're already born. We got, we got two legs, but newborn babies can't run. They can't jump. They can't even, you know, you know, you got to keep the fingernails cut because they'll scratch their face. They have everything there, but they must grow up. And that's what I'm talking about. We must grow up in this experience of who he is. So, yes, it is true, but it's progressive at the same time. Now, God dwells in the ever-present now. That's why so many people miss him, because they look for him in the past, and they look for him in the future. He's in the ever-present now. You know, when the 
And this, you know, we've talked about a parade coming by and, you know, we're up high in the building. We can see the beginning from the end. Same thing with the astronauts. I mean, you may be, your now may be the night. And here we are in the night. But in China, their now is in the day. But if you was an astronaut and you were so high up, the now would be you, you see both night and day. You see, you see the whole thing. It says, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What did he see? He saw the beginning and the end. And he saw all the processing in between from the day of darkness until the whole earth was full of the glory of the Lord. He saw it all. He saw the one who spoke and said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He saw the beginning and the end, time and all its works are contained in the I am of God's Christ. Now from our view, our earthly perspective, there's a beginning and an end. But Jesus says, I am that beginning and I am that end. And I know when we talk about these things, sometimes it, it's, it gets mind scrambling to the, to the brain. But for, for Christ... There is no past or there's no future. He lives in now. You know, we say that all the time. When is now? Now. And in that, he sees the whole history of mankind in one sighting. He, know, he knows what will happen in a million years and shows it to us as something that happened a thousand years ago. That's why there's prophecies in the Scriptures, not because God guesses. Not even simply that he knows all things. It's because all things are for him. Future is present to him. I mean, he's the one that calls those things as not as though they were. Everything is, and I quote that, in God's day. That's why his name is I am. Which sounds bad grammar. You would have thought if he said before Abraham was I, I am. He should have said before Abraham was I was. He didn't say that. I am. Now no name like this I am can describe the firstborn son of God like this name. I am. We went through those. I am the door. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. I'm the, the way, the truth, the life. I'm the resurrection. Here he says, I am the alpha. I'm the omega. I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead. I'm he that opens and none shuts and shuts and none's open. I'm thy redeemer. I'm thy strength. I'm, I am the root and Offspring of David, I am the bright morning star. For he is everything. He is the Christ. He's the Lord. He's creator and redeemer, redeemer of the universe. And all he is, he always is. He changes not. He's the I am. And there's so much more that he is, but he's made unto us all that he is. He's made unto us all that he is. And what are we? In that making unto us all that he is, we're being conformed into his image, growing up into him. 
I mean, one scripture, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And in the next scripture, he says, you're the light. Now, here is something. I don't know if you ever got, th- got this. I-, I was listening. I didn't listen to too much. I was listening to this guy today, and uh, Dad knows, and he's always talking about our whole duty is to feed the lambs and feed the sheep. Feed the lambs and feed the sheep. It's our duty. Now, what, now, Jesus says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. You know, eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know, that means to partake of who he is. That's what he's talking about. You know, partake of who I am. Now, listen to what Paul says here. And think about this in light of this bread. When Jesus says, I am the the bread that came down from heaven. Now listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? He's asking a question about the communion, the bread and the blood. And then he makes this statement, for we being many are one bread. Now Jesus says, I'm the bread. And now Paul says, we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. You become what you eat. Now Paul says, we have become that bread. We being many are one bread. Now we have something to give. We're going we're gonna to look at that in a little more as we go on here. He was made unto us righteousness. But now we are the righteousness of God. Now think about that. He was made unto us righteousness. He who knew no sin was made to be sin. That we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I don't want this to be staggering, but there's many prophets out there, and they always start out with, thus saith the Lord, right? The Lord spoke to me and said, we must say as Jesus said, I say unto you. Isn't that what Peter said? He said, look on me. The name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They never, in the New Testament, they never ever says, thus saith the Lord ever again. I say unto you. What that means is we're no longer something apart from him. But what are we? We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, life of his life. We have the mind of Christ, spirit of his spirit, word of his word, united with him, one with him. That is... In his name. In his name. What is his name? The I am. Can, can, can you see how this comes in? Because when we do these things, we always do it from a point of separation. And there is no separation. And it's hard. Uh, well, it's impossible for our natural minds to get a hold of that we're united. That's why Paul asked the question, isn't the communion uh, the blood and the body, and hey, we're one bread, many members, one bread, 
Are we not one bread? We're one with him, united with him. It's in his name, in his person, which we are. And we're not speaking falsely because we're his body. It would be different if we had power. of. This is not power of attorney. This is who you really are. Power of attorney would mean, you know, I give Tim power of attorney. Me and Tim's not united. He's acting on my behalf, but we're not acting on his behalf. We are the body of Christ. There's no separation there. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. We know that the O was the last letter in the Greek alphabet, uh, A to the O, but he's the A to the Z. Whatever language you want, he's the A to the Z. Now these letters, A to Z, constitute a claim by which is set forth the absolute completeness of his character, of his wisdom and power. For he is saying, I am the total reality of all things. I'm every letter. I'm unique. I'm I'm substance. I'm shape. I am image. I am form. I am essence. I am all height and depth and length and breadth of being. Not just words and letters, but the reality of life and power. The value of all things, the word of life. Let me get back over here to, to John and, and, and look what John says. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 14, and the word that was in the beginning and was with God and the word was God, that word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Alpha and Omega is a revelation. It's all that can be said of the Lord Jesus proclaimed in a way that can be seen and understood. It stands for the revelation of Jesus Christ. By this word, he is revealed. Christ is the alphabet, the word. Christ is all that can be said of God. All of who he is dwells in us fully. All that can be said of God, Alpha and Omega... must be written and inscribed in our hearts. Herein is truth. God is the Word, and the Word is God. Language not only describes what has happened and what is seen, it creates. Remember in the the beginning? God said, let there be, and there was. God, as the Word, creates within us the substance of Himself. The Alpha and the Omega speak into our being the reality of God. 
When we speak of Christ as the Alpha and Omega, we speak of Christ as the Word. When we speak of Christ as the Word, we speak of that dimension of Christ by which God reproduces Himself within us. If God by Christ in you is speaking a word, it's a creative word. It always is. Remember, that's the, I mean, that's the new covenant here. I mean, I'm trying to make this where, where we can see and understand. But you remember, he says, I'll write my laws into your hearts. Now, people think that he is saying, okay, I'm going to take the Ten Commandments and write them in your hearts. But what was the Ten Ten words that he spoke. It was nothing but a revelation of who he was. It's a revelation of who the word was. That's what it was. That's why it was so death to us because we were not that. We could never become that. But he writes himself. It says, I will write my laws into your hearts. What he's saying is he will write himself. He will put his nature. That's the law he's talking about. In living reality in the tables of our mind and of our heart. That's what he's doing. He's reproducing himself inside of us. This is the new covenant. That, and who is that? Christ in you. I mean, he's the promise himself. He's the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And now he doesn't just dwell among us. He dwells in us and we in him. And he's putting that in us. Now back there in Revelation, it says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the, the, the beginning and the end. Let me get back over there. And in verse 11, saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. He's the Alpha, Omega, beginning and ending, and the first and the last. Now, in that, he's not claiming to be the first Adam here. Let me, let me go get something here in, in Romans. He's not claiming it. Some people say, well, he's the first Adam. He's not the first Adam. That's not what he's saying. I mean, I mean, listen, now this is talking about Adam uh, in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. If he became the first Adam, if he's saying I was the first, meaning the first Adam, he's saying sin came in the world through him. I don't think so. Verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For through the offense of one, do you think Jesus brought the offense into the world? Many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded for many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation. Jesus is not the first Adam. He's not saying... You see, if we add to the scriptures here and say Jesus said he's the first Adam and the last Adam. That ain't what he said. He says, I'm the first. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. He is the first. Let me, let me go to Colossians here. Now, we were just here. In Colossians, 
Colossians verse 15, talking about Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that were in the heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. If you go look those words up that right there, when it says by, it's really in. You know the Greek word en, which means in. And in, in the other verse here, it's the word dia, or it, that's the Greek word. Uh, it means through, or on account of, or by the agency of. So let me read this from Weymouth's translation. You're familiar with the Weymouth translation. For in him were created the universe of things in heaven and in earth, things seen and things unseen, thrones, dominions, princedoms, powers. All were created and exist through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in and through him the universe is one harmonious whole. See, in him, not by him, in him. Now this is going to be important, that little word. Like we, uh, you know, in the earth, on the earth, that little word, there's a difference. You know, everybody quotes the Lord's prayer on earth as it is in heaven, and it's really in the earth. And that's a big difference. I used to say, uh, being on the water and in the water is two different things. You be on the water, you're dry. You're in the water, you're wet. It's two different locations. In means location. So the creation was in him. He is before all things, and in and through him the universe is one harmonious whole. If the creation had been merely made by the Son, then it could be a thing apart from Him and not a part of Him. When we see that God the Father created the universe in Christ. Now I'm going to give you some mind-blowing stuff here in a minute. When we see that God the Father created the universe in Christ and the whole of created things was in the beginning an integral part of His being. That's an altogether different picture. When God purposed the universe, he purposed it in and around Christ. In and around. Christ is the center. You know, if I got a circle here, Christ is the center. And he's also the circumference of all. He's not only the center of the circle, he's the circumference of He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The whole creation was made in Him and for Him. Revelation 3.14 These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He's also the end. All things must begin and end in Him. 
all originated in him, created from the substance of his own divine energy and being, held together in harmonious wholeness in his eternal word, Christ. But for his own wise purposes, and I don't want to go down this trail, not too much, all that was in him did not remain that way. Now, in mean it means it donates a position of rest, an established location. In all was created in Christ. However, all did not remain in Christ. In and out, we know there's opposites. Let me uh, give you some verses here. First Corinthians chapter eight. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 4 through 7. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice and to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. But to us there is but one God, the Father of whom all are, of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus, by whom are all things, and we by Him. Now, where it says of whom are all things, it says, if you, if you look that up, it says, out of whom are all things. Out of whom are all things. And in Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. That last verse, 46, uh, verse 36, it says, be, uh, Out of him, and through him, and to him are all things. And when I says for his own, own wise purposes, all didn't remain in him. When we consider the creation, visible, invisible, God being all wise, the question that arises is why many claim to be agnostic, many claim to be atheist, because they can't answer this question, from where did sin come from? Where did evil come from? Where did darkness come from? Where did death come from? And the question, why did God permit these things to enter into the creation which had been made in Him? How did it happen? Why did it happen? He, I mean, do you think He didn't know? Do you think it slipped up on Him?
all, all, all of those things, even man, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, even man at the lowest depths of his sin and darkness, and when I say the lowest depths, the lowest depths he could go was to crucify the very Son of God. How much lower can you go to hang God himself on a cross? But even in that, that was the very revealing of who God was. The very glory of God is seen there. Who could have thought it? I mean, just what we read. Who could search the depths of his, of his riches? But here's what I want to say about this. I want you to get this. I want you to stay with me here and, and, and you'll see. When... when God lowered the creation from the realm of pure spirit existence in Christ to this gross material realm, to this visible realm. There occurred a mighty disruption, a breaking up, a, a fragmentation. Creation was made subject to vanity. I mean, we, I mean, we, we read that. And the whole downward process of disintegration was begun. Just as our sent back into the image of God is from glory to glory. It's from faith to faith. Experience to experience. So the process downward into fragmentation and disillusion continued through the stages and ages until the lowest depths of frustration was reached. Now, I'm going to give you a verse here. You know, and you go back and you look at these verses and you think, is that really, does it really say that? Now, you know Genesis chapter 1. Now, here's Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. There went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. But listen to what it says. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth. So there was plants before it was in the earth. There was herbs before they were in the earth. Do you see what I'm saying here? And then in verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and that man became a living soul. Plants before they were in the earth. And, and in verse 7 here, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, there was a spirit man here who was blown into this clay model and produ produced Adam, which became a living soul. Now, he, remember, he makes this model over here out of the dust of the ground. And now over here, he breathes his spirit into him, and this man becomes a living soul. Now, that was the first step downward. Then the tempter came in. Man was tempted, man sinned, death seized upon man with unrelenting power. And step by step, 
The whole creation came out of Christ. The whole creation came out of Christ. You know, it says here, and uh, let me go over here to Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is, what? A new creation. What was our state of being before being in Christ, when we came out of Christ? Well, Paul tells us that too. Ephesians chapter 2, and you hath he quickened. What was your state of being? Dead in trespasses and sins. Time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh. And then in verse uh, 12, that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers of the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So we'd come out. Outside of Christ, all there is is ignorance and sin and sorrow and darkness and death. That's it. The very process of creation coming out of God produced disruption and fragmentation of the whole. Now remember what he told Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That doesn't mean there's just one. There's three persons. He's saying that he is united and unified and undivided, unfragmented, joined in perfect unity. That he is in harmony. The Father is in harmony and perfect unity with the Son and they're in perfect unity in the Holy Spirit and uh, there's perfect, they're unfragmented. Isn't that what death is? Death is what? Fragmentation, it's separation. That's what it is. I, I, get, a, I get this picture of creation just like a, a child in the womb. You know, it, it begins as something that is unseen. We don't even know the process. and We don't even know when the spark happens, but we know life happened. These two cells come together. There's these chromosomes, whatever, they come together. And life is there, and, and, and it forms, and it's there. It's not seen, but it's there. And it is life, and it is true, but it begins its journey downward in what we call birth. Now, what we have here. And, and when that takes place, we have, we have uh, reproduction. We have the reproducing of a human life. And what this whole thing is about is God reproducing himself. Can you see that? God reproducing himself. Reproducing himself in us. I mean, this is... This is him. This is the increase of himself. The increase of himself. I don't know. I think, I think about the, the, that verse over in John. Um, 
John chapter 12. Corn of wheat fallen to the ground and died, abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. You know, that's what... And I, and I wished I would uh, prepare more on this because I don't want to go down this road. But, you know, that's what a childbirth is. A childbirth is, it is life, but it is death. Because in one instance, the child is separated from the mother. You know, there's a cord that is cut. But then the rest of the process is this reconciliation of bringing it back to be one because there was, there was an increase here. So I want, you to, I want you to see this whole process. This, this new creation is nothing but the old creation reconciled. The old creation redeemed, regenerated, restored. We're at in Christ. United to Him again, because where did it begin? It began in Him. He's the beginning. The new creation has already uh, began, and step by step, just as we came out of God, we're now coming into Him. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's speaking to that little first fruits company, that of the first to enter into the new. And it says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now we know that that is true of all believers, no matter what state of experience they're in. But if we look very carefully, this is not the experience of the average believer. All things aren't made new. It wasn't for us. When we first believe in the Lord, a new beginning takes place. A change has started. Some of the old has passed away. Some of the new has taken place. But all things, our restoration is a progressive work in experience. The prototype of this reality of restoration into Christ is Jesus. We say this often. He's the prototype. That's what this book of Revelation of Jesus Christ is all about. I mean, that's what it is, the revelation of Jesus Christ. When he says he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, I mean, what a revelation this is. This is something that a lot of people don't talk a lot about. A lot of people can't get this, but maybe this will give you a picture here. Jesus often spoke of his Father being in him. He says, the words that I speak, they're not mine, but the Father that's in me. The works that I do, they're not mine, but the Father that's in me. But that's not all there is. He also told his disciples, he said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? So it's not just the Father in him. He says, I am in the Father. The glory of creation when it was created in God is this revealed in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, John 17, verse 21. That they may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. 
Now remember this whole thing. Hear, O Israel. The Lord God is one. Now we just read those verses over in Romans and, and Colossians. Uh, you know, to the world there's Lord's many and God's many, but unto us there's just one. All in harmony and perfect unity. So we say there's one, but you and I know there's three. We know there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us, for we being many are what? One bread. Was he just throwing that out there? What bread was he talking about? He was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only true bread. So he's saying, look, there's many, but there's only one. Because we're in perfect unity and harmony in the Lord Jesus Christ. Only this mutual dwelling can bring the, the oneness, the unity, the wholeness that God desires. The only way things can completely pass away is through our entrance back into God. Now, we understand it. I think we get it. And I always wondered about this. You know, we'll say, in Him we live and move and have our being. But what does that really mean? I can, I can understand better Christ in me, but me being in Christ, I have to step back and wonder that. But I mean, that's the truth. He says, hey, the Father's in me and we get it and I understand the source. But wait a minute, I'm in Him. The only way that old things can completely pass away is through our entrance back into God. What is an entrance? It's a door. What does Jesus say? I am the door. Now he gives us a verse here. The most quoted verse in the history of man. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, or the life of the ages. That word, believeth in him, in there is, is E-I-S. And it means into. It carries with it the sense of growth. It carries with it the sense of going on into something. You know, it's like, okay, when you guys came to the door here, you didn't just stand in the threshold. You had to come on in through the door. And then you had to come on in through the hallway. And you had to come on in and sit down. It's this progression of, of coming in. Now, we didn't come out of God in one grand leap. We're not going back in one grand leap. We aren't delivered from sin and death by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ in some Sunday revival church meeting. No, we're being progressively delivered, changed, transformed as we constantly believe into him. You know, the, he talks about the potter. Uh, the, he did this magic dust and he has a vessel. He makes that vessel, right? I mean, he forms that vessel with his hands and he's making it. He's forming us. Now listen to this. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Now there's, there's a lot here. Uh, chapter 4 verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it? 
but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Now you get a hold of this. I mean, can you get this picture now? What, he ascended, but what is it that he first descended to the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended. Remember I told you he's the prototype. He first descended, then he ascended, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now here's that word, into. Into the unity of the faith. You see, it's a coming into. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. So we're coming into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. To not be uh, tossed around with every wind of doctrine. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, into him, in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And it says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh the increase of the body, not bodies, the body, which is what? The body of Christ, of which we are. So we're talking about the increase of one body, one bread that we are, and to the edifying of itself in love. So we're told here of the body of Christ and how the body grows. It is built up by the ministry of every part. We grow up into the full stature of God's Christ. We're His body. We're part of Him. We're part of Him who is the Alpha. Or the beginning of all things. We're also part of Him who is revealed and seen now as the Omega or the end of all things. And when I say the end... I want you to get this, the goal of all things, the fullness, the perfection of all things. He's it. See, we think in things of time like, oh, that's it. No, this is the intended goal. He's the A to Z. That, uh, that is our Lord claims to be what letters and language was meant to be. Namely, the expression of truth. Now, He is the Word. We've, we've seen that. The expression of God's nature and wisdom and power and purpose and will and substance from first to last. Now, God is spirit. God is invisible. No man has seen God. Can't see spirit. But that hidden and unsearchable one may be uttered and expressed and manifested. And that manifestation of the invisible Godhead is Jesus Christ the Word. Like Paul sometimes, we see through a glass darkly. We see in part. And darkly, I can, I can 
attempt to see that he is the beginning, but can we attempt to see that he's the goal, he's, he's the end, what I'm talking about, that really the scripture will be fulfilled as he is, so are we, so much so that, that one of the, the people that John saw in the book of Revelation, he thought he saw Jesus and fell on his ground to worship him and he says, don't worship me, I'm not him, but I'm as, I'm as you are. John sees this. This is where we're going. This is what we're becoming. As he is, so are we in this world. I mean, my goodness. Can we uh, begin in our minds to see this? Right here in this book of Ephesians, listen to this. According, Ephesians 1, 4, according as he hath chosen us. Where did he choose us? In him. Now, where did creation begin? In Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Let me skip down to verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. According to His good pleasure. It is purpose. And what is His good pleasure? That in the dispensation of the fullness, or the administration of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one. Now here we go again. One bread, one body. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, and we're part of him who is the one that he might gather together in one. All things were in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In whom also we have, had, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined or predetermined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He began this thing. He is the bus driver. He knows what he's doing and where we are going. And none can stay his hand. I love that. Just when everything thinks the devil's going to win and everything's falling apart. Come here, John, and let me show you. That's what this book of Revelation is. The first and the last bring before us both the time element and the substance of creation. Let me go back here to Romans. Give you that verse again, Romans eleven thirty six. 36. For of him, or for out of him, and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. For out of him. See the beginning in, in Genesis when it says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. That's not a date on the calendar. The beginning was and is a glorious person, our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ himself is the beginning. I mean, we, we have read that right here. I mean, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I am the beginning. I am the ending. In the beginning, God created. Revelation 3.14, he says, hey, 
I am the beginning, the beginning of the creation of God. The spiritual translation of Genesis 1-1 would be this. In the Christ, God created. Because he's it. Can you see that? Because remember the plants and the herbs were in him before they were in the earth. And they come out of him, go out of him into the earth. Just like this man. Jesus himself said, search the scriptures. In them they testify of me right in the very beginning in the first words of the bible in the christ god created the heaven and the earth in him that changes the whole view doesn't we thought god was over here making a place all separate from himself and everything was separated heavens and earth and all this it was all in christ we read that in colossians what a revelation paul had christ is the beginning himself In Him all things were created and set in order in the beauty and unity of perfection and harmony of the Spirit of God. You know the word re means like return, means you left a place and you have to go back to where you started from. Redemption means to return. Reconciliation, you know, to go back. Resurrection, restitution of all things. Things started out in beauty and harmony and they descended into chaos. And what's the end result going to be? That God may be all and in all. But with an increase of himself. I mean, what a beautiful plan, isn't it? I mean, what a beautiful purpose of God that he, he has done this. I'm telling you, we can see this right here, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. We can see this right here in Luke 15 with, with this thing that I said. I mean, where did that sheep begin? What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he find it? Where did that sheep begin? That sheep began in the flock. And what happened to it? It went out. It went out. But how did it come back when he finds it? He lays it on his shoulders and brings it all back. Rejoice with me. I found my sheep which was lost. I mean, what, what beauty. We see this with the sun or with a coin. And we see this so more beautifully explained in the sun. What happened to the one sun? The, the one sun, he took all of his goods and he went out. He went out from the, from the Father, spent all that he had. But what was the end result? I'm going to, uh, verse 21. And the Son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. This sounds like religion, don't it? We ain't worthy, we ain't worthy, we ain't worthy. But the Father said to his servants, what? Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Why? For this my son was dead. We've shown that. He was separated. He he went out. This my son was dead. And is what? Alive again. Alive means you have been brought back. Now you are in him. In him you live and move and have our being. In Him, 
Behold, all things become new. In him we're a new creation. For this is my son. This is what this is about. Who was dead and is alive again. He says again. That means he started off alive, didn't it? And he went into death. We started off alive because where were we? We were in Christ. And we came out. We're going back. He is alive again. He is lost and is found. And they begin to be merry. Well, what a good shepherd. So let me go back to Revelation and quit right here. Red letters, it says in my Bible, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and was and which is to come. The Almighty. And I will quit with that right there. The revelation of Jesus Christ.